This week's episode is about tax planning, and here we are in the middle of the year. So why in the world do we need to think about tax planning in its mid of the year? Well, we're going to tell you exactly what our team does as we get ready for tax planning, tax strategy meetings, why it's so important that you look ahead before you get to the end of the year. There are specific tax strategies that you need to think about before you get to the end of the year. And it's why we are doing it right now, middle of the year, getting ready for our fall planning uh, sessions for taxes and tax strategy and how important this is. We actually bring on uh, Nick Hymanson and Taylor Wolverton on our team that they take all the 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 prep and get it all ready for everybody when this is happening. I think this is going to be very, very big eye-opener. I normally have Merce on this to do the big disclosure. I don't have him today, so here's our disclosure. Pretty much, you need to know this. What we are not doing is giving specific advice about your specific situation. You need to talk to your tax professional or your financial advisor to get specific uh, recommendations for you as an individual. So do not listen to what we say and say, this applies to me in the, as an individual. This is really about uh, talking in general terms. But we hope you enjoy today's show. Welcome to the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. This is the place where high achieving professionals come to gain confidence on how to successfully navigate their transition into and life during retirement. There's no such thing as a passive retirement plan. To have a successful financial future, your plan must be actively managed. Each week, we will bring you action plans and expert interviews that will help you gain insights, learn fresh perspectives, and finally experience peace of mind about your retirement. Here to help you achieve your dream retirement and live the life you deserve are your hosts, certified financial planners, Raiden Stancil and Merce Tariq. Welcome, everyone, to Secure Your Retirement podcast. Today is a, an extra special episode, I think, because we don't have Merce on the show because he was traveling, and I decided, hey, I want to make sure that we have a good show, so I brought a couple guests on. We have Nick Hymanson and Taylor Wolverton, who both are on our team and help us in um, our financial planning preparation and well as you know all the financial plans that we go through with our clients, as well as our tax planning and tax strategy. And today, that's really what we want to talk about, because as we record this show, we're midway of the year. So we're June of 2023, and we right now are doing a lot of work to get ready for our tax planning, tax strategy meetings that we'll be having later this year. And I think a lot of times people think about preparing their taxes and and doing that kind of stuff, usually in February, March, and April of a year. And yet we're doing a lot of work right now around tax planning in June, getting ready to have tax planning strategy meetings in September, October, November timeframe. So I think it's just important for people to understand why that is necessary um, and then what we do to get ready for that, because it's not just some little small meeting that we're going to have and that there's not a lot of work that has to go into it prior to the meeting. This is probably one of our most intense meetings that we got to do a lot of prep for more than even the financial planning side of things. But it really does connect with the financial plan. So I'll just say this. Let's just have a little conversation here and and I'll throw it your way first, Taylor. Um, when it comes to tax planning, tax strategy, why is it, what are some things that you think about if you were trying to describe to somebody why we would want to do tax planning, tax strategy before the beginning of the year, not not after the beginning of the year? 
Yeah, for one thing, we want to look at what your situation was last year so that we can have an idea of some moves that we can make before the end of this year. A lot of things like, for example, Roth conversions or qualified charitable distributions, those need to be made before the end of the year in order to be reported on your tax return. So for 2023, in order for you to complete a Roth conversion, that needs to be done before December 31st of 2023 so that it can be reported for the year. So we want to look at your tax situation now in June and what it's going to look like through the end of this year so that we can have an idea of what changes or moves that we might want to make or consider making so that that can be done in time. Yeah, very good. So now let's just think a little bit about how this ties in with financial planning. A lot of our clients, you know, when they get, when they retire, maybe when they first retire, uh, they are living on some cash in the bank and then they decide, I want to start taking some money from an IRA or I have required minimum distributions. Um, and we're looking at that. Now we meet with people in the beginning of the year, we do a financial planning meeting and that's where we update where their income is going to come from this year. So Nick, could you just speak a little bit maybe about why that's such a big deal when we look at 2022 and say, well, what happened in 2022? And then now we're we're looking in the fall of 2023 and how that plays in income perspective. Yeah. So um, what we want to do is basically get a good idea of your income from from last year and then anything, any changes, any unique um, situations that could have happened this year. We want to talk about that as well. Um, what that does is that'll help us with our recommendations for tax withholdings. So during the year, like Raiden said, you might have RMDs that are getting taken out of your accounts, um, withdrawals, any one-time um, withdrawals from IRA accounts. And so um, it is important um, in, to come up with a good tax withholding strategy so that when it comes to tax time, um, you're not surprised with any sort of tax liability um, and, and tax bills around that time. So looking at the previous year's tax return and then also having conversations throughout the year really help us kind of guide the withdrawals and the tax strategy there. Yeah, I think too, it's important. Like, for example, if a person was thinking about doing something. So for example, if we were talking now and the person was thinking about maybe selling a highly appreciated stock or they were thinking about doing something that was going to create a tax event and it, it, maybe they didn't really need to do it right now, but they could wait till the first of the year. There could be some strong tax advantages for us to hold off on those things, but for sure to know about them. Um, now, one of the things that we do is that we have to get, you said this, Taylor, we have to get people's last year, so 2022 tax return. And we're doing an analysis of that tax return to help us kind of do some planning for 2023. Now, we use a software program that allows us to upload the 2022 tax return, and then we can do some simulations. So could you kind of walk through, I know we don't show all the mechanics or everything to a client, um, but could you kind of walk us through what that is doing? Like, what are you looking for when you upload that into that software program, Taylor? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, even just starting with some of the most basic things like are your names spelled correctly? Are you using the correct filing status that we want you to be using? Are your social security numbers correct on your tax return? And then looking at what the tax return is actually reporting, like different sources of income, like Nick mentioned, you might have social security or IRA distributions, especially if you're taking required minimum distributions, you're going to have those reported on your tax return as taxable income. 
you might have interest and dividends, or if you're still working or phasing into retirement, some kind of part-time capacity, you'll have wages reported on your tax return. So we're really just reviewing all the different sources of income that you have. And we can look at that with you and show you, here's the amount of your social security that's being taxed, or here's the amount of capital gains that your account generated, or here's the amount of interest. And then we're walking down your tax return, looking at different deductions. Like, are you taking the standard deduction or are you taking the itemized or are you itemizing for your deductions? And then what amount of taxable income that produces and then what amount of tax you owe based on that amount. And then also like Nick mentioned, we can look at the withholdings that you had last year and we can have a conversation with you about, do you want to have a refund for each tax year? Do you want, would you rather make a payment and just make sure that the way that your tax return is laying out with either getting a refund or a liability at the end of the year, that that's matching your preference. And if we need to help you adjust your withholdings in order to match your preference, then that's something that we can do also before the end of the year so that it's resulting in the way that we want and the way that you expect. So uh, there's two things there that I want to I want to just kind of think about that we have to do before December 31st. And one of those is a uh, what's called a QCD, a qualified charitable distribution. And then we're going to talk a little bit about donor advised funds and the planning behind that. So um, let, let's just start with donor advised funds. Um, and I'm just going to set this up a little bit and then we'll ask about the mechanics and Nick can help us like how this would go about. So sometimes what we'll find is, and this is would come from the tax return, uh, is that we might see that some, or in conversation, somebody is charitably inclined. And maybe somebody says, I normally give X amount. So let's just use, you know, $10,000 a year that they give to a charity, a church, some other organization, whatever it might be. And then we've got this idea of, well, then can I, can I itemize? And most people don't itemize. And the reason why is because the standard deduction is so high today. So Taylor, uh, I hope I'm not throwing you on a, uh, under the bus here as far as trying to give you something on the spot, but what is the standard deduction uh, right now? Do you know that? You don't have that right in front of you. Okay. Look for that. And we'll come back to that. I know it's somewhere in the, in the for a couple, it's around the 25,000, but we'll get that in a second. So the idea is a standard deduction. If I do a donor advised fund, I can stack. We, we did a whole episode on this. I can stack um, my uh, contribution. So let's say I normally give $10,000 a year. I could set up a donor advised fund, put thirty dollars or $40,000 into that, get all of that deduction this year, use it as a deduction this year, and then I just distribute the $10,000 a year for the next two, three, three or four years. But the reason why I did that is so that I could itemize today and I get the benefit of itemizing, which means I'm going to get a bigger deduction. Um, uh, and, it, you know, again, this may not save us thousands and thousands, but anytime I can save a thousand or two thousand uh, dollars in, you know, in connection to the to the IRS, uh, that's a good thing. So, Nick, can you just tell us how we would set up a donor advised fund, how we can do it? We normally would do this to Charles Schwab. So just walk us through the mechanics of that. Right. So um, this donor advised fund, it would basically be held at Charles Schwab. It would look very similar to other accounts held at Charles Schwab um, with a few differences. So uh, in this situation, um, a check would be written from a checking account, savings account, um, or, or really um, another place to um, straight to a Schwab charitable account. So when you do that, the account actually um, is 
is in the name of a Charles uh, Charles Schwab charitable account, and so the funds are held there. And during this entire process, we're kind of working with you to to make sure that um, the specific charities that you'd like to contribute to, and then um, basically all of the contact information, everything is set in stone so that um, these specific charitable um, amounts that you'd like to contribute are going to be approved by Charles Schwab in their back office. So they have a whole department that works specifically on charitable accounts. And we have a team over there and a contact that we can get in touch with to make sure that um, the charitable, the charity that you'd like to contribute to within this donor advised fund is going to be approved and going to be accessible for this amount of money. Um, so from there, it basically works exactly like any, any other Charles Schwab account. Um, the funds will be in the account and then ready to be um, basically um, withdrawn and, and moved to the charities in the future. So it's held there. Um, once you do put that money in, you can't necessarily take that out. And so it's kind of a one-time transaction putting those that amount of funds in the charitable, charitable account. Um, but that's kind of how the process works. And we work with our clients um, throughout that entire thing and the Charles um, Schwab charitable team to make sure from start to finish, from moving the cash, from checking our savings to that account, kind of um, everyone's on the same page and kind of works pretty smoothly. Yeah. And also, by the way, on that point, let's say that somebody goes, I know who I want to donate to today, but I might not know in two or three years. Can they make that decision each year? They can. They can. Yep. So the answer to that is um, it, it, it can change in terms of um, who you want to contribute to in terms of which charity. So um, it doesn't have to be a decision that you make up front, um, but it definitely helps in terms of making sure that um, Charles Schwab has that charities and information and and they're accessible for that um that um charitable account very good all right did we find a standard deduction taylor yes i did find it so if you're married filing jointly for 2023 your standard deduction is going to be twenty seven thousand seven hundred dollars and then it actually increases once you're over the age of 65 so if one of the spouses is over the age of 65, it goes up by $1,500. So then that standard deduction would be 29200 And if both spouses are over the age of 65, then it's another $1,500. So that would bring you to $30,700. So that's your amount of income that you're not having to pay taxes on right out of the gate. I hope that you are enjoying the show. By the way, if you are in or nearing retirement and are someone who wants to gain clarity on what questions you should be asking, learn what the biggest retirement myths are, and identify what you could be doing to achieve peace of mind for your retirement, get started today by requesting your complimentary video course, Four Steps to Secure Your Retirement. To access the course, simply visit pomwealth.net forward slash podcast. If you're new here or you haven't done this yet, this is definitely the first step to get started in applying these principles to your life. So head over to pomwealth.net forward slash podcast and check us out. And so if we wanted to get some, if we want to be able to, because the way that works is, let's say that my standard deduction is 27700 and I donate $10,000 a year this year to a charity, it's all kind of baked into that standard deduction. I don't get to deduct it twice. So if I want to get some some itemization there and get the benefit of my of my uh, deduction, then I could go 
to thirty or forty thousand dollars this year, and then next year I'm still going to get my standard deduction. So it's just a way of me stacking these standard deductions. By the way, if you're single, not married, then that deduction's much lower. It's thirteen thousand eight hundred fifty dollars. So I, I don't have to stack as much if I'm filing single. Um, so so just keep that in mind. It's a strategy that we we talk about. We always say this: not everyone should do it. Everyone should consider it. And that's the way we deal with tax planning. So let's let's transition here real quick over, uh, Taylor, to QCD. I'm sorry. Yes, QCDs, charitable, qualified charitable distributions. And could you explain who that applies to and how that works? Yes. So in order to be eligible for a qualified charitable distribution, you have to be over the age of 70 and a half. So if you turn 70 and a half, let's say today, in June of 2023, you can only make those transactions after your birthday of turning or the day that you turn 70 and a half. So you can make it earlier in the year, even if it's the same year that you are turning 70 and a half. So that's one important thing to make note of. And I was going to add, that's also a benefit of working with a financial planner to make these transactions with a qualified charitable distribution. Because it's not reported by the custodian as an actual qualified charitable distribution, then that's something that, of course, we can help you make the transaction and make sure that you're eligible for it and that it's done correctly, but also so that your tax preparer, whether that's you or if you're hiring someone to do your taxes, make sure that they know to report that correctly on your tax return so you're not paying taxes on more income than you should be. So what was the other part of your question? Uh, just a, the factor of like uh, the logistics of that. So 70 and a half and older, um, we know that. And then if the person wants to do it, you know, how they would do it. Let's just talk about our process. Again, we use Charles Schwab. Like how would they, yes. what, what's the process to get the check to made out properly and to the right person? Yes. So a lot of times too, if you're RMD age and also over the age of 70 and a half, then your welfare charitable distribution will count as your RMD. So that's something that you then don't have to be taxed on that portion of your RMD that you otherwise would be. But maybe Nick would more, know more about who the t- who the check yeah. needs to be made out to because that's not something that I usually. <laughs> no, that's good. Better. But I wanted to just speak on that point you just said because that's a really yeah. excellent point. So let's think about what can occur. Somebody could say, "I," because this is the way it would really go down. If a person says, um, "I want to give whatever ten thousand dollars to my church." or $10,000 to an organization, and they do it incorrectly. So they get their RMD, and then they write a check to the the charity. Well, now they're going to get taxed on that required minimum distribution, and they really don't get much benefit for what they just gave right. to the charity because it's it's below their standard deduction, and it's it's just not going to benefit them. So now you got taxed on distribution. You didn't get any benefit really for giving the money. I mean, I'm obviously we want to give to our charities, and that's our goal, but might as well get some tax benefit in the process. So, so Nick, can you speak a little bit then of what that step would be? If I say I've got to get my requirement of distribution, I have to. I'm 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 at the age I've got to get it. How do I get it to the charity, and so I don't get taxed on the requirement of distribution? Yep, uh, yep, absolutely. So, in terms of Charles Schwab, um, basically, it's a, a few different pieces of information that we need uh, in order to write a check straight from the Charles Schwab account to the charity. So the caveat the caveat here is to make sure that the check is a, written straight to the charity and it's not written to the account owner. If it's written to the account owner, um, technically um, it would be taxable to the account owner. And so we want to make sure that 
it's done correctly so that the check is made payable to the charity. And um, from there, we need uh, basically the charity's name, the tax ID for the specific charity, and then the address of the charity. Um, and, and of course, the amount of the QCD that you'd like to contribute. And one of the pieces here that it is an option is to be able to send the check straight to the charity itself, or we can send the check still made payable to the charity, but we can send the check to the owner's address so that they can hand deliver the check to the charity. So there's a few options there and there's a few pieces of information, but um, the one important piece is making sure that the check is made payable to the specific charity and having the tax ID um, so that it can be uh, basically get that tax benefit. All right, so let's just talk real quick here because you know we ourselves have to ha have to have this meeting. So we'll just kind of conclude this episode with what do you need to gather to get ready for a tax planning strategy meeting with anybody, whether it's us or somebody else. Um, what kind of things do you need to gather? So I'll just kind of we'll go round table here. So Taylor, could you tell us anything you remember that we have to have that we need to have above and ahead of this meeting so that we can be ready to go? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll definitely start with asking for last year's tax return so that we can review that and have a starting point of what this year's tax situation might look like and create a projection based off of that. And then in order to know what else needs to change from last year to this year, then of course, we'll also want to know what your income is looking like for this year. If there has been any changes We'll want to increase your amount of social security that you received in this year's projection if there was a cost of living adjustment on social security that's something to be aware of same with pensions and any ira distributions that you took so we'll want to be looking at all of your different sources of income and any other changes that would otherwise affect your tax projection for this year very good i think also we uh, you know one of the things we did not talk about today we have a whole episode on this as well is one of the things that we do consider when we're look, doing these tax planning strategy meetings is IRMA. IRMA is a really big topic, which is connected to Medicare. And uh, they the way IRMA, which is a, the premium you pay for Medicare, is looked at is they look at the last two years or two years ago what your income was. And so we are wanting to plan ahead for that as well. And so that's something that we're catching now a little bit better because now we know, hey, if we're looking at your taxes this year and you're talking about getting Medicare, you're going to be turning 65, or even if you're over 65, but you're getting Medicare, your premium could go up based on what something happened two years ago. So it helps us to manage some of those processes that way as well as some of the things we're looking at. So uh, to be honest with you, what we decided to do, I kind of asked Nick and Taylor to come in and say, hey, look, we just had this meeting where we're getting ready to have these meetings with our clients here in the fall and said, hey, well, let's talk it through because I think this is so important. I don't think a lot of people, most people do tax preparation. That is after the fact. Tax strategy, tax planning is ahead of the fact. And I just want you to know there's a lot of work that goes into it, but it's all good things. Uh, so many moving parts. There's no way I could do it all. So we have a team of people taking different parts of what they are really good at. So thank you very much, Taylor and Nick, for coming on. If you have any questions whatsoever, feel free to reach out to us. You can go to the website, top right-hand corner, click on Schedule Call. Our calendar comes right up. You can hop on a 15-minute complimentary call, and we'll be able to glad to walk you through. There's also an article written on this topic that's on our blog page. So just go to pomwealth.net, go to the blog page, and you can see an entire article with all these, uh, in all essence, notes from what we talked about today. Thank you very much. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you again next week. 
All right, everyone, that wraps up today's episode of the Secure Your Retirement Podcast. If you found value in today's episode, we would love nothing more than for you to head on over to iTunes and give us a five-star rating and a review. Be sure to take a screenshot of the review before you submit it, and we'll send you a special gift. Our book, Get Off the Retirement Roller Coaster. Just email morgan at pomwealth.net with a screenshot of the review to get your gift. Also, be sure to subscribe so you get notified of new episodes as they're released every week. And finally, please share our podcast with your favorite social network so more of your friends and family can benefit from this information. Always remember, you've worked hard to get where you are, and now you deserve to have a retirement that works hard for you.